Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, back at it again. March 3rd, it's about 7 o'clock at night. Uh, this is the latest I've ever, I haven't recorded any, so it's all, it's all going at night. Because I've been watching the NFL Combine for the last five hours. I have not moved from my desk beside to walk downstairs to grab my DoorDash, which was a yummy burrito. But other than that, I have been consuming the living you-know-what out of the NFL Combine. And we got a big show today, a lot of stuff on the NFL. I watched a ton of GM press conferences this week, wrote down a lot of different things that I saw. But I'm going to start with some takes on Kenny Pickett, which I think was a story of the day, Malik Willis. Uh, some of the Ohio State wide receivers, and then we will cover the NFL as we as we always do. Which obviously this is the NFL, but I mean the the draft prospects. Uh, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram page. Slide up into those direct messages. Get your question answered on the Friday podcast. We're moving it to the weekend, so the Middlecoff mailbag is going to take place on the weekend. That's how we do it here. Uh, so that's just the off season. It's just um, it's an easy one. And I like to give a little weekend content, you know, just a quick 20 minutes for anyone that needs something to listen to. Some of us, you know, go on walks, work out, take our kids to do stuff. And, you know, you need a little content in your ear. So I'm trying to provide that for you. You don't thank me. Just thank me through listening. And uh, I appreciate everyone. Uh, and yeah, let's let's dive into the combine. Okay. The story of the day, at least on Thursday... Because uh, anytime there is a big quarterback prospect and Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pittsburgh, who I think, you know, boards are fluid right now. <clears throat> but when the final boards are set, I think he'll be the number one quarterback for the majority of NFL teams. Now, Malik Willis, if you watch the combine, you know, he's built like a running back, but he has a massive arm. He's like, uh, I texted a buddy that's sitting, you know, in his team's box. I'm like, this guy's like Debo of quarterbacks. Because he, he looks like, he doesn't look like a quarterback, but he has a cannon. And uh, he's definitely going to be number one on some boards, but he's a project. Kenny Pickett is much more in the Mac Jones camp in terms of plug and play, right? And here's the thing, and I say this all the time about the draft. The draft is a marketplace. 
It is an economic exercise. How does the real estate market work? If you're going to sell your house and you tell me, hey, John, I got three bedrooms, three baths, 2,700 square feet. Well, I'd go look around your neighborhood. You want to price it? What are the other homes in your neighborhood that have similar square footage and similar rooms and baths selling for? And you go, well, this one sold for 800 grand a month ago. I'd say, well, price it 825. <laughs> Let it rip. Now, the difference between real estate and the NFL is real estate is based on recent comps. No one cares what things were selling for five years ago, right? In the NFL, this is an analytical exercise of what the combine is. And when you get your hands measured and it measures in at eight and a half, that is a massive red flag. And the media tells me that you got to believe in analytics. You got to believe in analytics. And the NFL has gotten much more into analytics. And then I saw the media today on social media. Why do we care about hand size? Why do we care about hand size? You cannot have it both ways. That's not possible. If you believe in analytics, you have to red flag the small hands. Because when you look at Kenny Pickett's comps, you go, well, who else in the NFL at quarterback is playing with eight and a half inch hands? And the answer is nobody. And you go, okay, how many players, when's the last time a player with eight and a half inch hands has been in the NFL? It's been half a decade. Who's the be- Has there been any good players with eight and a half inch hands? And the answer is one. And his name was Michael Vick. Well, here's what I know about Michael Vick. He has nothing in common with Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has an average arm. Michael Vick had a hose. Michael Vick was an elite athlete. Kenny Pickett's a solid athlete. But that those Michael Vick and Kenny Pickett, <clears throat> as players, they don't parallel each other. Michael Vick was an anomaly even back then. So the guys with small hands that are playing in the league right now, there's three starting quarterbacks that have the smallest, that skew the smallest with their hand size. It's Jared Goff, it's Ryan Tannehill, and it's Joe Burrow. And they have nine-inch hands. And let's face it, when those guys were coming out, it was a concern. Now, Goff and Burrow went number one overall. So it's not a make-or-break thing. But if you're telling me to believe in analytics, and the NFL has trended much more toward analytics with progressive younger general managers, I'm telling you right now, this guy is going to drop in the draft. This is a major red flag to analytical people. This is a number that is going to stick out like a sore thumb. I tweeted this during the draft when, because DJ said before the second group of wide receivers, or I mean the combine, when the second group of wide receivers was about to run, he said, Rich, I think this has a chance to be the fastest group of wide receivers we've ever seen. And dudes were running four threes and four fours, and Alave ran a four two. Some other guy ran a four two five two. And I, I, if you're fast, you should always run at the combine. Because fast guys run fast, and when that magnet is up in the draft room, it's hard to overlook. It's hard to see 425 and not be intrigued, right? It's not, it's hard when you're looking at a house and you see 4,000 square feet. You're like, oh, let's look at this one. It is a number that jumps out to you. And those wide receivers all help themselves. Desmond Ritter today helped himself, ran a 449. Now, I don't love Desmond Ritter. Now, granted, I've only watched him play a couple times. I know he was productive. I just, and I thought Rich or someone on the broadcast said that a scout compared him to Dak Prescott. Well, I'm not the biggest Dak Prescott guy, but when Desmond Ritter ran a 4.49 today, he helped himself out. That is a really good time at quarterback. That is something where you go, how many quarterbacks in the NFL are running 4.49? And you bring up the list, it's going to be some talented guys that are running fast, right? The Kyler Murrays of the world. 
That's a good thing. You can overcome average arm strength when you're an elite athlete. Well, Kenny Pickett, and you can tell me he played at Pitt and he put up really good numbers. And I think he's a solid player. But historically, before this quote-unquote quarterback inflation, a guy like Kenny Pickett, do you know where he's going in the draft? Probably in the third round. I would struggle to take him in the first round. And I'm telling you, the analytical group of general managers, and that is the new wave of these guys, are going to dock this guy. So you you can't have it both ways. And the media loves having their cake and eating it too. Because everyone I saw on Twitter, like, why does anyone care? Well, you tell me nonstop to believe in the numbers. Go for it on fourth down. Well, it's no different with the hand size. There has never, there's been one successful guy in the history of the league with eight and a half inch hands. And his name's Michael fucking Vick. Sorry, Kenny Pickett. Like, it's a problem. Now, he has a lot of other things going for him. He was a productive player. He's smart. He's a high character guy. All that stuff. So he's got, there's pros and cons. But, you know, the comp, when, we, when Trevor Lawrence was coming out, who was his comp? It was Andrew Luck. Right? When Kyler Murray was coming out, who was his comp? Russell Wilson. Kenny Pickett's comp is like, you know, he's kind of Mac Jonesy. And he's got small hands. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you, the NFL people are not going to love that. And then on the flip side, Malik Willis, who is clearly a physical talent, right? He looks like a running back linebacker. He throws, he's got a massive arm. I mean, they were throwing these go routes. He was just throwing bombs. This guy's going to intrigue people. But for every project we find, right? For every Josh Allen type project, Trey Lance is a big project. Not all these guys are going to work. Some of these guys are going to fail. I don't care how good your coaching is. Like, it's just not every project is going to become a star. So he's going to be a fascinating case. Because ultimately, you know, he's going to go in the top 50 picks. And when you take someone in the top 50 picks, even if he gets to sit his first year, like, there's just pressure on you to eventually play. So I, I, I'm intrigued to watch whoever takes him. He's going to be a guy, you know, everything. You saw that video that went viral today of him, like, giving a hat to a homeless guy. And it wasn't like a cheesy thing. Like he had no clue who was being filmed. The person was like across the street in a coffee shop. But uh, yeah, I think he's a fascinating prospect. I, I really do. And if I had a good infrastructure, if I was a GM and I had a good quarterback coach, if I had an older quarterback, I would want a guy like that to mold. If I was the Atlanta Falcons, you know, if I was the Carolina Panthers, and had even if I could use Sam Darnold one more year and use this guy to mold, to me, he falls under that category. If Desmond Ritter, like I said, I mean, Dak Prescott, and then those two Ohio State wide receivers. I mean, one guy ran a 4-2-6. I asked one executive, I'm like, him or Ruggs coming out? One guy said Ruggs for sure, and the other said that Olave was a better overall player. Well, Henry Ruggs went 12th, right? So Olave, you run a 4-2-6, like he's going in the top 20. And his teammate, who is the better player, and who DJ is comping to Justin Jefferson, like Garrett Wilson's probably going to go in the top 10. He runs a 4-3-7. Like, it's not a great draft. I'd take Garrett Wilson in the top 10. Now, you could argue because there are so many wide receivers, take a guy in the second round, take a lineman. And that's fine. I would always probably lean lineman before I took a wide receiver because you can get A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Deshaun Jackson. We've seen a million sweet wide receivers go in the second round historically, right? So you don't have to take a wide receiver early. But when you think you can get a guy who's a big impact guy, it is hard to pick not pick him when there is another, when, when there isn't like, when you're like, I, I like this lineman. I don't love this lineman. I love Garrett Wilson. And the whole talk of the draft is, 
why you have to balance not forcing need. So it's tonight was cool. You know, tonight was fun to watch the wide receivers and quarterbacks. Um, and Kenny Pickett, I'm, I'm just telling you, it, it's a story. And it's not going to go away. And the, the Twitter can act like it doesn't matter. We, we just can't pretend like the combine matters. All these numbers matter. All the measurements matter. All the testing matters. There's a reason you do it. They're, they're, these people aren't just in Indianapolis for shits and giggles. It's fun. This isn't a vacation. This is what they're there for, to figure this out. And, uh, you know, eight and a half is just small. Okay, where do we want to start? Rap Sheet talked about Lamar Jackson's contract. And I think a lot of people get consumed with like, a guy's got to sign, a guy's got to sign. We, we always do this. What This guy's got to sign. Lamar, he said that Lamar Jackson might be okay playing this year on his fifth year option and then going the franchise tag route and then becoming a true free agent. Because knowing the Baltimore Ravens are not going to want to franchise him, right? Because it's such a huge cap hit. So if he could play out this year, have a Pro Bowl type season, he will if he's healthy, he'll be fine. Everyone tries to tell other people what to do. If Lamar Jackson is comfortable playing on the fifth year option, play on the fifth year option. What is wrong with that? I know a lot of people in the NFL, because when you're a coach or a scout, you know, a lot of times like you'll be on a two-year contract or a three-year contract. And then after the first year or the second year, they want to roll it over. So you just back to on a two-year contract. They're always kind of in control of you. And at first, when you're young and new in the business, you just automatically do it because safety, security, and then the older you get, you realize like sometimes they start blocking you. You have other teams that want you and you realize, man, I, I don't want to do this. I want to play it out. I want to bet on myself. I will always support people betting on themselves. Now, it's, it's also a little different because he's his own agent. So some people argue, does he know what he's doing? Is he doing the right thing? I, I, I just know if, you know if he's comfortable with it, it's Lamar Jackson's decision. I, I I just can't wait to watch him play. I'm someone that was not a big fan of him. And I and I, I wrote this on Twitter. I think I mentioned this earlier. Lamar Jackson's mistake at the Combine is that he did not run the 40. Because if Lamar Jackson had ran the 40, there is no way on God's green earth that he falls to 32. I've been in these draft rooms. All these magnets on the wall. When there's a magnet with a guy that runs 428 or 431, it's just hard for them to stay there very long. And he had some flaws, but there is, we've all watched Lamar Jackson play. If he ran a 40, he's running 426. So he just would have probably ended up going in the top 20, and he just would have made more money on this initial contract. Now, at the end of the day, it worked out for him. He ended up on the Ravens, a really good team, and he's in a good spot. But just something to think about. Covington, Masvidal. The rivalry will be renewed this Saturday night. FanDuel Sportsbook making things even more exciting. This is awesome. Offering new customers 30 to 1 odds on either fighter. Covington or Masvidal. That's right. You can win 150 bucks on a $5 bet. Sign up now. FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code Colin. Pick the fighter. Get ready to win big. I'm going to take Colby Covington by decision over Masvidal in what should be a hell of a UFC 272 main event. FanDuel's quick and easy to get started. You get your winnings fast. Tons of different sports and bet types to wager on. It's the number one sports book in America. I love it. Don't miss your chance to cash in 
on one of the biggest fights of the year. Sign up, FanDuel Sportsbook. Promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. Use it today. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town 
with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoying myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, the Eagle story. I remember last year, Nick Sirianni kind of got crushed for playing rock, paper, scissors. And he mentioned in his press conference that he kind of got made fun of for that. But he's like, I- I'm not, this is, whether it's cheesy or not, I'm trying to gain some sort of advantage when I'm around a guy i.e. all these players that are coming through. Every single guy that comes through, I I just want, if we can gain 2% more of knowledge of his competitive nature, that is a win for me and us. And so this year, he brought a mini hoop. And the first thing you do when you walk into their room, and the way it works at the combine, is they're like, uh, it's like connected to this railroad. If you've never been to Indianapolis, you know, it's a smaller city, Still relatively big, but it's all connected by these ups. You know, there are all these, you know, connected bridges that like humans walk through. Uh, It's like a huge convention town and you never have to go outside no matter what hotel you're staying at. And it all leads. You ultimately can walk all the way to the stadium. And next to the stadium is this hotel that has railroad cars for for hotel rooms. It's where the players stay. So all the players that come, they stay in these railroad cars. And, you know, like, like, it's just like a stretch of, of train. And it's all broken down individually into rooms. And in those rooms, there are like meeting rooms. And you put all the teams there. So the players just walk out of the room and they go team to team. So you walk into this meeting room and you meet with the Patriots, you meet with the Eagles, you meet with whatever. And when you meet with the Eagles, they have a mini hoop. And the first thing they ask you to do is play horse, basically, best of five you know, or best of who can hit the first five shots, you versus Sirianni. And Sirianni gave this example of when Gardner Minshew came to the Colts and in the Colts facility, they must have, you know, uh, a basket, a normal, you know, NBA level 10 foot hoop. And he said, we played horse and I beat him the first time. And Minshew was pissed and he was in a suit and he's like, he ripped off his suit and tie. He's like, can I go shirtless so I can play you around too? And Sirianni's like, sure. And he's like, I could tell this guy kind of wanted it. And he's like, a couple years later, look, I I go to Howie. I'm like, I want to help get him on our team. So you can gain these knowledge. Like, yeah, is rock, paper, scissors kind of stupid or shooting on the mini hoop kind of stupid. But here's what what I did take away from that. I do respect doing anything humanly possible to gain. Is this guy competitive? Because ultimately, once the season starts, you're all in a bunker together. And does the guy have competitive nature like he's uh, George Kittle? Or does he have a competitive nature like he's Kyler Murray and just kind of over it? Are you ready to go to war with this guy? Like, you know, he is Tom Brady or, you know, Mike Evans 
or all you know Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Or are you going to get one of those guys like Amari Cooper? Like, yeah, I'm kind of too cool for school. I'm, I'm not really into it right now. Because the, the ultimate goal of this sport is obviously to win Super Bowls, but it's to win playoff games and to win big games. And you need to find out about that. And let's face it, there is no way that you perfectly can find out about it. You won't truly know. You can you can study the film. You can scout the college. You can ask all the questions to people at the university. But until you're around the guy, especially at that level, once you start getting paid, you never know till you got him. So you should do everything humanly possible to uncover every single rock to find out, is this guy a war daddy? Can I go to battle with this guy? Will this guy go to battle with me? Will this guy not tap out? And I, I respect it. It's a little unconventional. It's a little cheesy. But sometimes, you know, if, if you have to be cheesy to gain an advantage in your industry, shit, I, I'd be cheesy right now. I'll say something cheesy if it'll get me 50,000 more listeners. You know, I don't care. And uh, I, I understand it. Because I didn't really understand the rock, paper, scissors. But I, when I heard him talk about it in the mini hoop, I was like, okay, I kind of get it. I, I definitely kind of get it. Another story this week is Amar, uh, on Amari Cooper. And I was around Amari Cooper when he came to the Raiders. And I was a huge Amari Cooper fan out of Alabama. Who wasn't? Fantastic route runner. Uh, productive player. Very talented. But there's just something with him that leaves you wanting more. It feels in a weird way for a guy that's very productive like he's an underachiever. And all the stories out of the combine is they're going to trade him or they're going to cut him. If he will not take a pay cut, they're not paying him $20 million a year. And I understand if you're Steven and you're Jerry and you're Mike McCarthy and you just, you know, this season they were really good and coming down the stretch. It's just sometimes it feels like Amari Cooper's not really that into it. And it's hard. If if you're paying Amari Cooper $12 million, who cares? He's good enough that you don't worry about it. Well, when you start paying him premium dollars and you play in these big games and you feel like, you know, is he all in? Can, can we go to quote-unquote football war with this guy? Because if we can't, then, you know, we, we need to use this money. We need to allocate these resources somewhere else. I was listening to Howie this week, and he had a good point. He's like, every single team here has the same amount of resources. We just choose to allocate them differently, right? Obviously, coming into, like, the Rams no longer have picks. The Eagles have three picks. But everyone starts at the same baseline. The Rams just chose to allocate their resources two picks for Matt Stafford, two picks for Jalen Ramsey. The Eagles chose to trade back in the draft and accumulate more picks. Every single team has the same amount of money to spend on the salary cap. You can choose to pay Amari Cooper $20 million. You can choose to pay Matt Stafford $45 million. You can choose to do whatever you want with your resources. But don't get it twisted. Every team in the league has the same exact resources. The reason the Giants have two picks is because the Bears chose last year to use their another first-round pick to go up and get Justin Fields. Now, ultimately, you're judged on how you allocate those resources. And that, to me, is the most fascinating time or a part of this time of year. How you are going to allocate your free agent resources? How are you going to allocate your draft resources? And, you know, the best GMs separate themselves when they're doing that. Look at Dave Gettleman. As you, I don't know if you saw today, but Saquon Barkley is on the block. And the going rate right now for Saquon Barkley is a fourth-round pick. Now, granted, he got hurt. And he has not been the same since. Right? But they use the number two overall pick on a running back. Number two overall pick on a running back. 
And now his going rate, whatever, four years later, or three years later, four years later, three years later, I is a, is a fourth-round pick. Because part of it is like, well, he's going to be up for a contract soon. He's not even that good anymore. Like, that is poor. That is a very, very poor job of allocating resources. That is dumb. That is bad business. That's stupidity. It's like when the Jaguars took, and I, Leonard Fournette became a good player on the Bucks. They used a fourth overall pick on the guy. Like, you can't do that. That's, that's, that's dumb organizations for smart organizations. And, you know, Amari Cooper, I give the Cowboys credit. Like, hey, man, we're not paying you $20 million. <laughs> that's not going to fly. Not, not with that, you know, laissez-faire effort. But that's who Amari Cooper is. I mean, it's part of why Gruden, you know, he's a weird player. I like him, but I don't. Uh, Arizona, they obviously extended Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. I don't think they really had a choice. They were just, I mean, what are they going to do? I mean, I would have, I, you could have justified firing them. But I think an underrated part about being an NFL owner, the last thing in a million years you want to do, if you don't have to, like the Giants had no choice, right? The Jags had no choice. Certain teams have no choice. But, you know, the Cardinals ultimately won 11 games. You don't want to go on a coaching search and a GM search. Do you know what a pain in the ass that is? We talk about the draft being a 50-50 proposition, right? You just, you never truly know until you get them. Imagine what coaching and general manager hiring is. You know, I think uh, this guy interviewed great. I think this guy's going to be a great head coach. And then he bombs. That happens all the time. So if you're an owner and you feel comfortable, you're like, you know, I trust these guys. I, especially Steve Kime. You know, I, I, I just, I feel comfortable with him as my general manager. It's easy to lean on the side. Yeah, it's just, I'll just extend them. At least the status quo, you know, we're competitive. I've seen this team when I was young and my dad and the franchise be a joke. I, I get it. But I would also say to those guys, I would entertain trading Kyler Murray. I would short Kyler Murray because we know the Washington football team has called every single team in the league. I don't blame them. The Washington football team is desperate. You know, it's weird because right now no one works. I, I'm fascinated by all these people that didn't go back to work and which I'm all for. Like, if you leave a job you hate, even if it was forced because of COVID or you got sent home, you know, right to work from home and you realize you hate the job, I've been there, done that. I I went on, started my own thing. I I have nothing but respect for anyone that wants to do that. But obviously not every single person can be an entrepreneur, right? Eventually, some of these people got to go back to work. What are all these people doing? I know when I was out of work the first time when I got fired in the NFL, I spent like three months just super desperate, calling, emailing doing everything humanly possible to try to get jobs in like three different industries, right? I was just relentless. I, I was desperate. You know, that's kind of feels like the football team right now. They got no quarterback. They have no hope in sight of getting a quarterback. There are no quarterbacks in this draft and they just feel desperate. So they're calling every single team. It's like, oh, they called the Chiefs about Mahomes. <clears throat> Rivera was with Andy Reid at the Madden thing. Like I, I doubt that was as serious as it sounds, but I wouldn't put it past them. You know, they did have a weird end of the season. But what are they supposed to do? Just not call anybody? Keep their fingers crossed? You might as well. You got nothing You got nothing to lose. It's like when you don't have a job. You, you got nothing to lose. You, you got to do something. You eventually got to pay the bills. Like Ron Rivera eventually needs someone to throw some touchdowns. Because if he can't get a quarterback, he's going to be out of a job. And his head coaching career is going to be over. It'll be done. He'll never be a head coach again. This is his last shot. So Arizona, like I, could you get Ron Rivera to trade you three ones and two twos? 
and sign like Marcus Mariota and just kind of figure it out and reload your team? Now, obviously, Kyler Murray is better than Marcus Mariota. But if I get three ones and two twos, knowing that the Washington football team would pay Kyler Murray and almost like shorting Kyler Murray, like you see his attitude, see he's not that into it. That, that was when he was trying to get paid. That was his attitude. Now you pay him, maybe he won't even care. Maybe the football team will win six, seven games. All of a sudden, you're getting good picks. And Kingsbury, with his spread offense, could you win with Marcus Mariota? I would be asking myself that right now. Because now I got some job security. And clearly the owner's not that big on him. I would be entertaining that move. Because you know the football team. And even if Ron Rivera didn't love Kyler Murray, I'd call the owner. I'd call Snyder and say, hey man, I got something for you. I I wanted to bounce something off you. Sit down for this one, buddy. Because I I got something that might intrigue you. The Dolphins. Chris Greer, the Dolphins general manager, said that the door is shut. I think that's his his exact quote. The door is shut on Deshaun Watson. I think the Dolphins are an underrated, just kind of consistent clown show. Like, it's just, what a weird, bizarre franchise. I mean, seriously, what, what just, what just a weird place. And I went to Miami for the first time a couple years ago for the Super Bowl. It was awesome. It was really cool. Love the city. But something is just off with that place. And I, I don't believe this guy for a second because I don't think it's his call. Now, I don't know if the owner likes Deshaun Watson or not, but the owner's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do. He's been consistently doing that now for since he's owned the team. So Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel, you guys have no juice. If the owner wants Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson can be on the team. It's like I said, if I was Arizona, I would call Dan Snyder. I, hell, I would, I would call, if I was Arizona and I wanted to get a bunch of picks, I'd call the Dolphins. Hey, man. Hey, Steven. I got something for you. Wanted to bounce something off you. Just a franchise that just feels, what an underachieving franchise. It's it really just a bizarre place. Something about the Miami Dolphins, who, when I was a kid, I mean, they were a really big deal, obviously, with Dan Marino. And before I was born, you know, with the Shula, the undefeated team, they were awesome in the 70s, good in the 80s. I mean, the 90s, Marino's doing movies with Jim Carrey. They were, they were a really, really big deal. And now they kind of feel irrelevant. It's kind of crazy. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast powered by FanDuel every weekday. Our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcast. only on the Volumes Podcast Network. Looking for an assist with your credit card? but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. 
Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most... 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Mr. Bisky, this is a story that's been making its rounds this week. Sometimes I just don't understand things. You know, when people work in public jobs, and they fail, like really spectacularly fail, and it goes really, really poorly... If you just go away for a little bit, just disappear off the radar, 
or even are still on the radar but are doing something different, somehow your value comes back without you doing anything. It's really kind of nuts, right? It happened to John Gruden. John Gruden was run out of Tampa. It was a disaster. Couldn't have gotten any worse. And he quit coaching, went to Monday Night Football, and all of a sudden, probably five years into Monday Night Football, every single team for the next five years was trying to hire him. Colleges, pro teams, teams were doing everything humanly possible to get their hands on John Gruden. Even though if you just peel back the onion and you look, well, what was it like as a coach, not as a broadcaster? Like, he was not good at the end in Tampa. Yet everyone forgot about it. Every single person. Hell, even I kind of did. I was like, ah, shit, I'd hire Gruden. Shit, Tennessee, USC, the Colts, the Raiders. Gruden's going to kick ass, take names. Then he comes back and it feels like, you know, John Gruden was pretty overhyped. John Gruden was definitely overhyped. I remember thinking like, we're going to get the offensive version of Bill Parcells and it was nothing like that. It was, for the most part, a disaster. And I'm not even talking about before he got fired or whatever. I'm just talking about the -the on-the-field product, his moves, his, his just team. It underwhelmed. It really did. And I think Mitch Trubisky, who we literally watched for four years on the Chicago Bears, is just not that good at football. And I saw Brandon Bean, who had a really good press conference. And he was asked about him. And he brought up his character. And he basically said, like, you know, I'd let my, and this is a, you know, scouting term, like, you know, they say they'd, everyone in the program says he's a type guy you'd want your daughter to marry. When someone says that, he's a type guy you want your daughter to marry, that's just like premium character, right? That's just like high level, salt of the earth, doesn't get any better as a human being. And everyone's like, Mr. Trubisky. No one ever questioned Mr. Trubisky's character. Mr. Trubisky was known as a good, high level guy. I know, obviously, new people in Chicago. They love the guy, his work ethic, how hard he tried. He did not fail from lack of effort, lack of trying, lack of, you know, character. He failed because his physical tools, he's not an accurate passer. He's not a natural thrower of the ball. He doesn't have accurate touch on basic NFL routes between certain coverages. He's just not a very good quarterback. And I do think he found his role as like a three, four million dollar backup. Yet there are people on social media and the buzz of the combine is like, there might be a market for Mitch Trubisky to be a starting quarterback. If Mitch Trubisky is your starting quarterback in 2022, your team is not going to be very good. Mainly because he's not very good at playing quarterback. He's a good guy. He's good in press conferences. He's good in the whole thing. He's just not a very good player which is normal. There aren't a lot of good quarterbacks. He, he actually is much more normal than an outlier. The outliers are Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, right? Those Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Those guys are outliers. Most quarterbacks that come in the NFL are Mitch Trubisky. Not very good. There's nothing wrong with that. And Mitch could have a 10-year career making four or five million dollars. He could rack up another 50 million. He goes to start. The worst thing you can do when you're a backup quarterback, is play. Because the moment you start playing, you get exposed. And the moment you get exposed, the quicker we run you out of the league. Because, you know, people like me, we start talking shit about you in the sense of you're not good enough. Obviously, what I say doesn't necessarily matter, but I mean, all the fans know, definitely the GMs, definitely the coaches know. Chase Daniel never has to play. That's how he keeps cashing them checks. He doesn't get on the field. 
He's smart. <laughs> he, he, he avoids the hard part of the position, a.k.a. playing. He just studies, good teammate, mentors. It's a good move. Uh, <clears throat> I saw John Schneider. You see, a lot of these GMs and coaches, they talk at the main press conference at the Combine, and then they also, but anyone can go to that. But then they also throw their guys a bone. Like they will go to just, their, they gather all the local guys and they kind of go off to the side and they just kind of get into the nitty gritty. And I saw John Schneider did that with the Seattle guys. And that one of the Seattle guys asked him about Russell Wilson in the trade. And John just kind of said, well, anytime a rumor comes out, like last year when the rumor came out about the four teams, my phone blows up. This year, the trade deadline, my phone blows up. Obviously, the start of this offseason, my phone blows up. I'm not calling anybody, but they're all calling me. And he's like, you know, I have to listen. It's my job, but we don't intend on trading him. If Russell Wilson wants to get traded, I've been saying this over and over and over again. All he has to do is put out the bat signal. I want out. I think they'll trade him. They keep saying they don't want to trade him, and they don't. Because as of right now, he hasn't said he doesn't want to be there. But if he forces his way out, I do think these guys would be open to move him just because they're kind of tired of the drama. Now, is that the right football move? No. Can they ever improve on Russell Wilson? No. But if he comes out and has a distinct NBA level, I do not want to play here, the offers they would get would be stupid. I mean, I think the Eagles would offer him three first-round picks this year, one next year, a two, and Jalen Hurts. You can reset your entire franchise. And if you're John Snyder, you plan on being there for another decade. So it's, it's kind of in Russell's hands. Because clearly the league thinks something weird is going on. Because he didn't say anything in this trade deadline, and John said his phone started blowing up on the trade deadline. It's, a, it's just a bizarre situation to watch. And I also, I've been saying forever, like, it's hard to trade the best player in the history of franchise. I agree. But if I'm John and he just makes it like, bro, I do not want to be here anymore. I'm not going to resign here long term. And you can get some sweet offers of like four first round picks and a two and just a quarterback to hold you over. It would cross my mind. The last but not least, I just watching a lot of these general manager press conferences. One thing is key or, or clear in this league which I think is very key just moving forward. And I think most, you know, basketball, baseball have done this too. You need gentlemen, like the day and age of meathead GMs, they can't handle press conferences, can't be good spokesmen for your team. Same goes for coaches. It's kind of done. You know, listen, Belichick doesn't speak in press conferences because he doesn't care. It's not because he's not smart and articulate, right? You have to be able to get up in front of a press conference and represent the team now more than ever with social media, with the power of YouTube, and I saw so many general managers, especially a lot of the young guys, that could just get up there and hold their own. They were comfortable. I, I thought the Giants guy is really impressive. For a guy you know, who's like my age, like 36, 37 years old, first-time GM, and just gets up there and kind of can hold court. You know, it's just, it's just like, you know, this is what you want. And this is what they did not have with Dave Gettleman. You know, you have to, you know, not even necessarily quote-unquote look the part, but you got to be able to handle the part. And a lot of these questions are coming fast and furious. All the questions are on your quarterback and moves. And you got to be able to be personable, but also like balance the cliches to not give too much, but also kind of give the media enough where they're not on your back. You know, and I just, I thought a lot of these guys, you know, maybe it's just going to be a younger generation. We've grown up just watching more of this. We just know it matters probably now more than ever. 
I, I just think that a lot of the new age general managers are going to be much more equipped because forever, a large part of my life, like in the 90s or the 2000s, sometimes a guy would get a job and he'd have no shot. He couldn't communicate. You get him in front of the press, you'd put a camera in front of it, and it was like, what the hell is this? And maybe he was a good coach. Maybe he was schematically pretty good, but he couldn't communicate. Maybe communicate with his players or not, but if you can't communicate with your fans, the people literally paying for everything, even if you're not giving them that much, you're going to get run out of town quicker. So the better you can be in front of a microphone, and again, the bar's not that high. You don't need to be Bill Parcells, you know? And, and you don't, but you can't be Bill Belichick. Like that, that is never going to happen again. That's not going to be allowed because there's never going to be a coach that won six Super Bowls. Like that's, that's over. He could act like that. One, he's from a completely different generation. And then by the time everything changed with, you know, social media and just press conferences and the importance of them, he had, he had so much equity, it didn't matter. But you can't act like that now. Those days are done. And I bet sometimes these GMs don't want to, you know, always talk or, Part of it is you got to play the game a little bit. It's like I'm critical of Brandon Staley because I think he plays the game too hard. But I think because I think he knows what he's doing because he's a smart guy. I actually watched him a little bit with Pat McAfee and it was like, he was, I felt like he was talking normally. I'm like, Staley, why don't you talk like this normally? And part of it is I bet Pat is just much part of when you're in front of the big J's, you, you know, you can play the big J's like a fiddle. You know, it's so it's so predictable what they'll eat up and what they'll love, and what they'll hate. So you, 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 can just, you can just play him like a fiddle, and he does. But he was with Pat, and he just acted like a normal guy. It was the first time I ever saw him like, Brandon Stanley can just not be a robot? It was like, you know, if Russell Wilson could just talk like Tom Brady, like, oh, he's just talking like a normal guy. But Russell can't. Brandon, I think, I saw a glimpse. I was like, oh, I, I think I actually might kind of like this version. But then I saw him with Schrager, and he's a little cheesy. But that was NFL Network, because he knows you know, a lot more people. Well, actually, I mean, a lot of people were watching McAfee, too, but it's a lot of dudes and bros. You know, NFL Network maybe thinks it's a different crowd. But, so there's a balance of it. Uh, but, I, but I do think that that's something that's very, very important to, the obviously, the owners and the team presidents. I, I need a good spokesman, because we're always selling. This is such a big business. If you turn on CNBC in the morning... You know, depending on the day, obviously the last couple of weeks has been like war stuff with Ukraine, but in normal times, they have on just different CEOs of different companies, right? Anyone listening to this that's in the finance world, like I tell you CNBC, you like laugh at me, you guys watch Bloomberg TV or whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm just, it's like a little background noise, keep it basic, my finances, and they'll have on CEOs. And sometimes there'll be a CEO and you're just like, God, this guy is not very good on the camera, which is just not ideal. You just want to get the guy leading your company, whether it's you know the boss, whether it's the head coach, whether it's the GM, they can just handle themselves right in front of a camera. And no one's looking for perfection. You don't need to have some, you know, you don't need to be Sean McVay, some ha- be able to host a podcast. And, you know, he's the best case or Tomlin, but you, you do need to have some shit to you. You do need to be able to like crack a couple jokes. Like, does Andy love doing press conferences? Probably not. You know, but does he understand, you know, it's part of the game and does he know how to throw a couple zingers to keep everyone laughing and enjoy it? Yes. It's 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 not that complicated. And I but and luckily, like I said, I think the NFL is lush with a lot of these guys, especially the younger crew of getting these GMs that get it. And like I said, the analytical movement of all these GMs and all these young guys, 
All these measurements and times and broad jumps, that is analytics. So when you see a guy had a 40-inch vert or a 20-inch vert or whatever, any of these things that they're doing that has a you know a quantitative you know um, uh, number next to the to the activity right vert broad jump 40 three cone whatever that is analytics and that is used to comp everything no different than the real estate and the square footage and I just don't I, I don't understand why people don't get that and I, I you know listen to Daniel Jeremiah's podcast the last couple of weeks there's obviously there was an attack on the combine like people wanted to you know, basically cancel the combine. The combine has a lot of value. Like it is valuable to watch Garrett Wilson be the best wide receiver on the field in a loaded wide receiver draft. It's valuable to watch Carson Strong, who's kind of a throwback quarterback from Nevada that can't really move, have a massive arm and see that in person. If if you and I, let's say, are prospects at the University of Washington and we're second, third round, I, I'm a DB and you're a wide receiver. And we have our pro day. And the pro day is about to happen. Well, there might be four other pro days going on that day. Ohio State may have one. You know, Florida might have one. And Texas A&M might have one. I'm not going to get every decision maker at my pro day. I don't even care if I'm at Alabama or Ohio State. Now, I'm going to get more at those. But regardless, it's going to be spread out. And some guys don't travel. It's just, it's hectic time. The combine is literally the one time. When every single GM and every single head coach, beside McVay and Kyle Shanahan, are there. Every single one. And every scout, every assistant GM, they're all sitting there watching you work out. Have you ever interviewed? You know, if you want to interview, you'd be like, who do you want to interview? The boss? The guy making the decision? Any salespeople listening to this? Like, who do they teach you to go to? The, the gatekeeper, the decision makers, you, you never want to talk to someone that's not a decision maker. Why? Because you're wasting your time. That's why you always butter up the gatekeeper, right? Which any all you guys that recommended dope sick, you know, if you want to get to the doctor to sell them that Oxycontin, you got to go through the secretary. So, you, you know, give her some flowers. You give her a mani-pedi. You take care of her. That's business one-on-one. If you, you want to get to someone with a secretary, you butter up the secretary. Or, I mean, you got to go through the gatekeeper and that's usually the gatekeeper. Right. Well, decision makers, right? There is no gatekeeper. If I'm, you know, a, a player and trying to get a hold of Mike Tomlin, like I got to call the office, go, Mike Tomlin's sitting there watching me play or run around. How, name me a better interview in the history of America than what happens at the combine. They already know you, they already have the information, and then they get to watch you work out. Sounds like a pretty good gig to me. Sounds like a pretty good deal. People always talk shit about the combine. And listen, is it a little. I also think props to Roger Goodell. Put that thing at night. I mean, what a genius move. Is there a chance that the NFL Combine is going to outrate the NBA games tonight? Because I think there is. I would imagine that the NFL Combine in in primetime is going to do an outrageous rating. When you just factor it in, it's people running around in shorts and t-shirts. Think about that. If a couple million people watch people run around in shorts and t-shirts, the power of the NFL is just really is mind blowing. If it gets like a hundred thousand, then maybe I'm just a nerd and I was watching it with not many people. But I doubt that's the case. I would expect this number. We'll see if it gets Brooklyn Miami Heat. What did the combine or Brooklyn Miami Heat? What 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 event had more eyeballs? Fascinating to watch. 
Uh, appreciate everyone listening, battling through. Still, still on the mend here with my throat. Uh, bronchitis, no big deal. Battle through. Didn't miss one podcast. See everyone later. Subscribe to the pod. Share with your friends. Grassroots. Have a great weekend. Peace. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.